When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time for Seminal Headlines featuring Warchant.com's Jeff Cameron, Managing Editor Ira Chauffel, and Senior Writer Corey Clark. Your weekly dose of all things FSU, Pistols and Pies starts right now. Here's Jeff Cameron. The Seminal Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio. Warchant TV begins right now. You're damn right it does. Good times, good times. College football is back. We're in studio well, Corey's not, but he kind of is. That's all right. Hey, we get we tidy things up. This is the final week before it all gets started, and uh, that is a good thing. Let's begin, as always, with uh, a hearty thank you to our friends at Register Sausage. Yay, sausage! Man, I left the uh, yay sausage off my tweet the other night. I what tweeted, are you doing? I know. I tweeted about my uh, my classic little box jambalaya with some Registers Andouille. In uh, mixed in That's it, it good. was delicious. And well, this uh, is a week for sausage. So I tweeted, <laughs> so I tweeted about it, but I I was kicked myself. I didn't leave. The, I didn't have the yay sausage uh, hashtag. I got a couple people responded with it, yeah, but I pissed off is what they were. Kind of not really mid mid camp form no. to forget that. But if you uh, you're off kilter a little bit, a little bit thrown off. Um, Registermeats.com is a website. I actually had a uh, couple people respond about that somebody um i can't remember who it was somebody on twitter said they just had it for the first time what had it delivered and they said yeah. you're right it is the best sausage they've ever had forget it what are you doing should have had it but i mean they've been sponsoring here yeah on seminal headlines for years and they just it took a two-year campaign for us to get this this whoever this person was i think that's what that's almost an insult is that not almost an insult that it took them that long <laughs> well I don't, I don't know like i you know well, we all here's the thing. This is a safe space, Corey. We all admit mm. our fo- our you know just our yeah. follies. Yeah. I right. uh, you can say foibles. Or a four. Fo- I can't foibles. say it apparently. Yeah, foibles can't. I the word is just doing this. Early, early in the uh, show here, guys. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't confront the meat manager when I had my little issue a couple weeks ago. So you know, look, man, we we we're all we're all working through things. But we're running out of time. It's football season. Right. I mean, they they play football yeah. this weekend. Like real football is being played. I'll grant you. There's no marquee games, but Corey, you will watch at least. I know you're a football elitist, and if games don't match a certain standard to you, you don't even bother to watch. But I have a feeling you will at least watch Notre Dame Navy, right? Maybe San Jose State USC? Not San Jose. I don't get the Pac-12 network, so I will not watch the (laughs) USC game. Uh, And I think the ESPN primetime game is like UMass and UTEP. I mean, what are we doing? This is like people that watch preseason football. Um, like the Chiefs and the Rams when neither of the starting quarterbacks are going to play. I will probably watch Navy and Notre Dame, but only to see the stadium and the environment. Yeah, you get a feel. 
feel for get a feel for, what's for what it's going to be like. With Jeff and I, got a feel for uh, yeah. a month ago. We didn't. We, we don't have to watch it. We don't want to. We've been on we've the been field. There. We've done it. We've been in the yeah. locker rooms. We've been underneath the stadium, around the stadium, outside the stadium. You know, all of that. Uh, by the way, Corey, you mixed the two teams up. Let's get it right here. I know we're all eagerly anticipating yeah. football in prime time on ESPN this weekend. That is New Mexico State in UMass. UTEP, oh, my fault. UTEP and Jacksonville State. Just Ooh. hours earlier, two hours yes. earlier at 5.30. That's the big CBS game, Corey. Don't forget, that's the big CBS matchup Correct. there. Now, later on, FS1 will come in and throw a haymaker with Ohio and San Diego State. And then if you're thinking around, what is the SEC network going to do? Well, they've got Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. FS2, oh, okay. or Pac-12 Network North, <laughs> San Jose State, USC. And then uh, CBS uh, SN at 9 o'clock has uh, FIU and Louisiana Tech. I like that the Pac-12 teams are still going to like. This is like they're going to celebrate their one year on TV. The the remaining Pac-12 teams will uh, maybe will they wear black patches? The uh, the schools that are left, the Pac-4, just remembering what it was like like, to have a TV deal. Yeah, I know, man. I don't like it. I don't like it. So I'm going to embrace this. The final year of like conferences making any kind of sense at all. Uh, But I'll 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 do it. I'll do it. And uh, I'll you know listen. Corey, I know you said you don't have the Pac-12 network. Buddy, there's a thing called a bar. Yeah. Look, look, Jeff, I get what you're doing. You're excited. College football is here, sort of. <laughs> it is here. Me, it is here, period. College football does not start until the Utah-Florida game on Thursday night. That is the start of college football season. No. You say that now. All those games you just mentioned, unless you're a degenerate, which, again, no no opinion of that one way or the other. Apparently I, you know there I mean? is. No ill will here. Yeah. You're not excited about any of those games at all. If it's on TV, I will look at the score and I'll watch a replay of a touchdown. But I'm still dialed into baseball. So, look, again, you're talking to two guys whose teams lead their divisions. That's correct. Fair uh, point. So we're still in baseball mode until, until Florida-Utah on Thursday night. I uh, texted Ira the other day, a random text. He must have been surprised. I, I, I'm still watching a ton of baseball because I'm a baseball guy. I flipped over to the Orioles just ass-stomping <laughs> the A's again, as everybody yeah. does. What did I say yesterday, Director Matthew? They're 34-90. and 90. The A's are 34-90. and 90. And you don't appreciate the suck of the A's <laughs> until you watch the A's. Oh, they, and hey, you, yeah. they're 2-1. and one. They're 2-1 and one against the Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Just want to throw that out there. The Braves lost a series to them out there. 34-90. and 90. By the way, nothing says baseball being baseball like the A's yeah. winning a series against right. the Braves. Yeah. Um, but that said, anyhow. Uh, you texted I, me about Mount, Mountcastle. 27 straight games on base. I didn't realize he was killing it the way he's killing it. He has been killing it. It hasn't been cheap. Either. Like, there's been a couple games where he's only walked, but, man, it's two for four, three for four. Every yeah, he's, Guys, he's crushing it. Yeah. This is not Orioles headlines. I mean, I don't know what we're doing here. Can we start talking about some Florida State football? There's we nothing to talk watching. about. They didn't practice yesterday. They're not practicing That's today. That's a good point. Let's – Let's just shut the show down. There's no, nothing to talk about. Our lives don't stop and start with whether or not Florida State has practice, buddy. We are multifaceted human beings that care about the entirety of football, all of college football, all of pro football. We care about Major League Baseball. We care about sports. You have a family. I have a family. Ira has a family. Damn it. We're not pigeonholed like that, Corey. Don't you do it. Corey, if you Ira, so- did, Jeff, did Jeff participate in the, uh, the, the top 40 thing? He did. Yeah. I haven't read his response yet. I'm going to put that together after the show today. Oh, okay. So we for the people that so it'll be on the website today at some point. Yeah, it should be. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Why did you ask if I participated? Know, Why did you ask? Because he wanted to introduce that topic of okay. conversation. I wanted to introduce that yeah. topic because I uh, because I I wrote a column about Destin Hill, but he was by far the one I think I missed on the most. 
And I had three. I, hey, if you want to know all three, subscribe to the website and read it in a few hours. Right, the, really, but, the whole point of the whole exercise is for me to say I had Destin Hill higher than anybody else. That's the only reason we're doing this whole. You did a good well, how job. How high did you have him? I think like thirty-one. I think something like that. Would you move him up? At this point, probably. Yeah, I think but not as much as you guys are gonna have to move him up. Yeah. Well, I think I moved him up. I I said like in the mid twenties is where I would put him now. That's how that's how much of an impact I think he might and could and probably will have on the 2023 season. Maybe not early on, but by Charlotte, I wouldn't be surprised if, I don't know, man, he's catching six balls for 85. I mean, I just think that kid's has a chance to be really something special. We have to record videos today, uh, all of us do, about the players that we missed on. And and then, of course, we've already you know baked in the players we got right on. Uh, I celebrated my projection for for Dennis Briggs and how good mm. I thought he'd be. I had him top 20, and I think he's going to play at a high level. But I missed on uh, – I got to give an apology to Darius Washington. Mm. I didn't even rank him. I didn't even have him ranked. And Darius is a Swiss Army knife. That yeah. guy can play anywhere yeah. along the offensive line, and he came in in shape, and he looks so much better. So I definitely missed on him, and I did not having him ranked was a mistake. My mea culpa is going to be for uh, Braden Fisk. I'm, I kind of missed that one a little bit. You long. slept on Braden. I did. I did. I was. He was my, offensive. My he was anti, offensive a my, little bit. Anti-white player. Anti-Western yeah. Michigan bias, I think. <laughs> bias. That's what it Although is. Although I will tell you this, guys. Watching the Johnny Manziel doc really kind of stirred up my anti-white oh, short guy. Easily. Oh, man. Easily. It was, it was all stirred up I was that. involved in the anti-short white guy overachiever thing when he played. <laughs> I was like, this guy I, sucks. That, that might have been doing? when it started. Oh, I, I remember getting in an argument with the sites down in Tampa because they were talking about wanting to draft him. I'm like, don't you dare draft Johnny Manziel. He's got zero chance to be any good. He's especially if six he, feet tall, slow, and unathletic. Especially what the if hell? he's never going to once look at a playbook. <laughs> yeah, it's not going to be well, a good he, idea. He was athletic but that was what he was wasn't cool that athletic. about that that's what was cool about johnny mansell was that i think nobody was pretending he was a coach on the field and this gritty no. kid that was a leader no, he was a like, punk. they all knew the deal he yeah. he made it very obvious in the middle of games <laughs> that this is not the bobby hurley of the college football but world where you, they're just going to praise him to death. you say that man but also they didn't rip him the way they would if he was different complexion is all i'm saying like the the Probably, antics, yeah. the antics you're talking about, it was kind of treated as boys will be boys. Right. Like if after every play, somebody else were to go like this that, with the money, it might be treated a little differently. <laughs> is all I'm saying. Oh, it was always the best. Yeah. No, I, I hated him when he played. I did want him to beat Alabama though, uh, and yeah. so there was that moment. Did you watch the documentary, Corey? I did. Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen. Who, it. I'm the only one who hasn't seen it. I heard he. I heard he came off terribly. He didn't come off great. Nobody really did. Kingsbury, I think, comes off the worst. I mean, he basically admits, "Yeah, man, we knew he was hungover. We didn't care. Go win us a football yeah. game, Johnny." There you go. Well, at least he's real. And then it's like, <laughs> shockingly enough, he was not accountable or dependable when he got to the NFL. Well, Ira, yeah. let me ask you a question. Did you see where Kingsbury was recording his interview from? He's doing okay. It looked like about a $20 million mansion. <laughs> he's, he's doing okay financially. And a lot of that was because of that quarterback that won some games that got him a job that got him another job. Do you remember, though, that was pretty funny. The first time we ever saw his house, Kingsbury's house, was when was they – the COVID draft. The, yeah. yeah, the COVID draft, and they <laughs> cut to him. I'm like, damn. Belichick's at like a yeah. corner table. I'm like, my man is, is flexing over here with the water in the Belich Belichick's in his 1,800-square-foot house – in like a little corner. You're and, like, Bill, you're one of the most <laughs> successful coaches in the history of football. We know you've made hundreds of millions of dollars. You don't have to live in the gym. You yeah. can go. 
And Kingsbury's like in a, a Matthew yeah. McConaughey Audi commercial, <laughs> just like sitting in this yeah. luxury living room, getting ready to start his Audi to go on a date with yeah, some super man-made lake right outside his desert home. There, that was insane. So yeah, he he was probably smart to let Johnny Manziel play hungover. Okay, so uh, Swish Irish said something here, and a lot of other people said this yesterday on the Jeff Cameron Show, and I've noticed growing momentum. It's it it boils up within Irish Chappelle right here next to me. I know that in that. Corey, I, I got to test it here and find out where you're at with this. I haven't talked to you in the last couple of days. There's this growing sentiment Florida State's going to blow out LSU. Okay. Growing sentiment that okay. FSU is going to blow LSU out. I don't know that I I, I, I think. Now, Florida you're State always will... kind of cowardly when it comes to this sort of thing. You yeah, think but, everybody's I mean, a problem. You're I, scared of everybody. Some, some people would say measured, <laughs> Bear, conservative. Measured. I, you want to be cowardly's wrong. Cowardly's probably fair. Yeah. Cowardly. Cowardly's probably fair. <laughs> I, <laughs> We were talking about that on uh, Wake Up. I, I think that I think the spread is wrong. I don't understand why Florida State isn't favored. That I don't think Florida State should be favored by two touchdowns or anything. But I think they have the better quarterback. I think they probably have the better defense. Um, and you know, I don't know. And that's going to be a pseudo home game. So I, I just don't quite understand why LSU, because of the way they looked at the end of the year. When they just got boat rate, they gave up 500 yards to Georgia, like 350 in the first half when Georgia was still trying. And then they lost, they gave up 38 to A&M and 270 yards rushing. That was their second to last game. And then their la- that was the regular season finale. And it's like too much stock, I think, is being put in the Purdue game for LSU and the Oklahoma game for Florida State. I just think Florida State's better than they were last year. And I, I wasn't impressed with what LSU did defensively to at the end of the year. Yeah, I think one you know one issue for Florida State from a perception standpoint, we have to remember that the, the odds are made partly with power ratings by the, the bookmakers, but also by public perceptions. That's factored in as well. And, you know, if you look at Florida State's season, you can easily poke holes in their, their record oh, by saying yeah. you played three really good teams and you lost all three of those games. So yeah. you could see where people would see it that way. I just feel like those three losses weren't about the level of competition. It was what Florida State just didn't play well. Like they got in a funk. They didn't play well against Wake Forest. And then they didn't respond to that. They beat themselves against NC State. And then Clemson, they just made a couple of big mistakes. But it's not like to me that, okay, they just beat up on a bunch of crappy teams. And then anytime they played anybody with a pulse, they didn't look good. I think they're a better team than that. And they're a better team than they are now. So I'm not saying I think LSU is going to get blown out. I do think Florida State's a better team. I think Florida State's going to have to play below what they should play at for LSU to win that game. That's my theory. LSU's media bump, if you will, uh, came after beating Florida. And they had a game that was similar to the game we played against Florida, Florida State played against Florida, in that that was the good version of AR. He played really well against LSU. Um, They were unranked, LSU was, following a 27-point loss to Tennessee. They then beat UF, and then they beat number seven Ole Miss, and they went from unranked to number fifteen, and then they beat Bama off of a bye. Yeah. So that run changed everything, and, and they moved into the top seven. But Ole Miss got exposed after that. That's correct. But at the time, they were number seven. But here's but the beating other part. Bama's beating Bama. But hold on, there's more to this. Is what's interesting when we take the snapshot of FSU season, right. which is what Iro was doing, and I think rightfully so. Take the this weird dichotomy of the LSU season. So I, I just documented they beat Florida. They turned around and beat Ole Miss, who was ranked high at the time. You do beat Bama. That's a big damn yeah. deal. Okay, gotcha. They jump to number seven, but they lose really badly to a terrible Texas A&M mm-hmm. team, and they only drop to 11. 
Think about yeah. that. Like that's there's yeah. your SEC bias. You lose to that A and M team who sucked, whose offense was as bad as you can His, get, historically bad offensively, and they fell four spots, four after that loss, mm-hmm. and then they get destroyed by Georgia, uh, and then look, you know, they end up beating Purdue or whatever it was, and, and and that's a false sense of excellence, I guess, hammering Purdue at the end. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, it's interesting. I I think LSU could be overvalued here by the bookmakers, and, and I look at things like that. You know, I do. It's not crazy for the people that have pushed back all summer long and said, why is LSU favored? FSU beat LSU head-to-head last year. The game is in Orlando. If you look at their schedules, there are some weird ups and downs to both. Both teams are improved. Uh, Florida State has the better quarterback. Florida State probably has the better defense at this point. When you're reading the reports that we all are out of LSU's camp, which is that their secondary is in shambles, well, good luck trying to beat FSU if your secondary is in shambles against this offense. So I am not inclined to say that Florida State boat races LSU. But I would agree with both of you in saying that I think Florida State should be favored. But it, what is interesting about that is this time last year, you were much more bullish on LSU than either one of us. Were. I was. I thought they would come. Well, I just I look at them talent for talent, bigger, stronger, faster. I mm-hmm. thought they were, and I think you could still argue, just based on the last four years' of recruiting rankings, that they still have uh, equal to better, bigger, stronger, faster groupings mm-hmm. if you look segment by segment. But that said, there are great equalizers. Obviously, the transfer portal is one of them. Uh, that helps offset those recruiting rankings. And then the other one is if your quarterback is arguably the best in the country, mm-hmm. you, that helps. Jordan Travis is going to be in the conversation of the best three or four quarterbacks in the country this year. Yeah, and I think that. Well, and also, okay. I think, don't you think, Ira, that I, just watching practice for the last three weeks or whatever it's been, um, you know, Florida State got two of the better skill position slash pass catchers in the portal, like in the entire portal, and they've added to their roster. They've replaced Cam McDonald with a better player. They replaced Pokey Wilson with a much better player. And the probably you could say much better for Cam McDonald and Jaheim Bell too. That offense was good last year. Now you've added two game changer types. Plus Not to mention Destin Hill and people like that. Yeah. Plus now you ostensibly have the Trey Benson that figured it out. You know, yeah, the second yeah. half, second Trey half Benson. of the season, Trey Benson was different than he was the first half of the season. Also you've upgraded, you know, I think on the offensive line and, and, and probably some other places as well. I think the thing, when you look at, I don't know, this matchup, and again, LSU, if they if the secondary is, is suspect, which it seems to be, by all accounts. But according to their people it, covering that team. Especially a cornerback. That's not a good situation to be in against just looking at the talent Florida State has in the pass-catching department, but then also an athletic quarterback like Jordan Travis, where you can't just drop two safeties back and worry about the passing game because if you do that, man, they're going to run down your throats. The hardest part is imagining Florida State's defense um, dominating LSU, not with Jaden Daniels and not with the wide receivers that LSU has. Even though I think FSU's defense is going to be greatly improved this year, I don't know that they get a ton of stops in this game. But they don't need a ton of stops because if Florida State's going to score, say, 38 to 45 points in this game, and I don't think that's crazy. I know a lot of people might. I don't think it's crazy that they could do that against a, an unsettled secondary for LSU, uh, then you only really need to get three or four stops. Yeah. You're, you're going you're gonna to end up winning the race, and it may be a high-scoring race, to you know, 34 points, mm. you know, something like that. I don't think this game, unless it's sloppy because it's week one, and that could happen, but I don't think this game, I don't think in, in any world, unless the two teams turn it over, Corey, I, do you see a game where we're sitting there in the fourth quarter and it's 24-21? I don't see that. 
what, what do you see? I see it high scoring. I think both teams are going to oh, score. Yeah, yeah. I yeah, think Florida yeah. State I, wins this game like 41 to 30. I think I think it'll be in the 30s. Uh, but, yeah, the, the whole – the caveat is the turnovers. A strip sack. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah. A, you never really know there. A block punt, yeah. two interceptions, something like that. I, it's interesting when you think back to that LSU game. And really when you watched LSU all last season, because I did after that, uh, after that game, you know, Jane Daniels isn't – He's nothing special with his arm and the way – like, it wouldn't be – I think the Boutte kid was so frustrated last year because he didn't have a quarterback that would throw him the ball. Not on time, you not know, in rhythm, not within the offense, he, correct. Right. He doesn't see it quickly, or at least no, he didn't. No, um, At all. And he didn't against Florida State. When they started moving the ball in the fourth quarter, it was basically him running around. Well, but, and if, you, if you look at the – and I didn't watch them as much as you guys did, but just if you go look, look at the box scores, that Alabama game, or some of the games where they had a lot of success – he ran for 150 yards. Well, and the problem is he can do that. Right. Like, that doesn't yeah. go away. It's at, it's maddening. It's not something that translates to the league. But, but right. in a college game, if you can't get him to the ground. Yeah, if it's third and eight and he's running for 15 yards. It happens. Yeah. And that's why I don't think even if FSU's defense is greatly improved, that it will be dominant in this day because that's what he does give you. I think the best thing that Kelly did last year was just finally throw his hands up and say, okay, we gotta we got to play like that. we got to have to play where we utilize this kid's weaponry as a runner. And it's elite. As a runner, he is elite. He is extremely difficult to get on the ground. And so uh, plays get extended. It's kind of all – you know, it reminds me a little bit, even though he's not nearly the player that he was, but it's like Russell Wilson in Seattle. They never ran – I mean, that offense was always off schedule. He was never throwing yeah. on platform. It was always him moving outside the pocket, prolonging a play, driving people nuts. Corey, when he bangs he's on the what? table, are you hearing that? The, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's fine. It just means he's proving a point. I didn't know there's something going on here. It seems really loud every time he hits the table. I'm just I'm so, frustrated. But that he's kind of what we thought Jordan Travis was. Right. The, he, Jordan Travis proved to not be that guy, but we thought Thank Jordan goodness. Travis was a guy that could make play with his legs, and he, you know he had to his first year and a half uh, at, at quarterback at Florida State. But I think you know with Florida State, I think you can spy Jaden Daniels. And it won't kill you in the passing game. I think if LSU devotes a spy to Jordan Travis, they will get destroyed. And if you take a defender away from the back seven just to spy the quarterback, so Jaheim Bell or Johnny Wilson or Keon Coleman or Destin Hill's got one-on-one coverage, good luck. Well, yeah. I think you're going to see a lot of that. I mean, I think you are. Yeah. They're going to have to because, and it's not just it's not just that Jordan's carrying the ball; it's the threat of Jordan carrying the ball, yeah. and what that opens up it for Trey Benson everything. and everybody else. It's a beautiful thing to think about the the ways that coordinators lose sleep at night trying to stop Florida State's offense. Simple headlines: ninety three three Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in just a moment. Time to talk Shopify. A couple years ago, I wanted to create and sell headlines merch for the best podcast listeners in the world. That's you guys. But I had no idea where to get started. Now we're selling Yay Sausage shirts, and it's so easy, all because we use Shopify. (coughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify is the only tool you'll need to grow your business without the struggle. Shopify puts you in control of every sales channel. You could be selling Don Julio socks from Shopify's in-person point-of-sale system or offering headliner shirts from Shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. So you'll sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I really love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase. 
Go to shopify.com slash warchant, all lowercase, now to grow your business, no matter what stage of the game you're in. Shopify.com slash warchant. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for Warchant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. MLB. Obviously in full swing. We're down in the home stretch. My bookie, your one-stop shop for all your betting needs. Wide range of betting options at my bookie. That includes money lines, run lines, totals, futures. My bookie gives you plenty of ways to bet on your favorite teams and players. Take advantage of the brand new my bookie money bag. Gives you the chance to secure a bet on your favorite team or player at insanely boosted odds. Sign up today at my bookie. Use the promo code WARCHANT. To secure a first deposit bonus of up to $1,000, it's simple. Deposit 200 play with 300 instantly. Promo code WARCHANT to claim your bonus. If you're a baseball fan wanting to add more excitement down the stretch, look no further than my bookie. Sign up now. Get ready to experience the thrill of baseball betting like never before. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. That is midseason form. That is mm. rolling on well Big done. River right there. That was calm, deliberate, specific. So... Now that we have Florida State winning 41 to 30, 41 21, big lopsided win there. Did they move to number one in the country after that game, guys? No. I don't know. I mean, it's the great LSU Tigers, kings of the West of the mighty SEC. No, don't so the that question is how far would LSU fall? Are they out of the top 25 altogether <laughs> because they lost to a, a meager ACC, ACC program? School? Yeah, they don't get that SEC bump of only dropping four. That's crazy. They only dropped four spots after losing to. Uh, a five, a four and seven Texas A&M team. They the, by that much by giving up forty points, they only dropped four spots. Yeah, that was a tough day at the office. You would have figured uh, most teams would drop eight to twelve spots after a game like that. Nay, nay, four spots. That's it. That's all. In the in the beauty about the one of the former coaches at Florida State is I looked at that. I was looking at that box score yesterday, and uh, I was just seeing how many yards they rushed for, and they and A and M ran for two hundred seventy yards. And you know they have that really good running back. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he's still on the team or not. Uh, a chain, a Cheney, whatever, mm-hmm. Devin, a Cheney. Yeah, a chain. Um, uh, or a chain. Yeah, guess how many times he carried the ball in that game? 36. Close, 38. Oh, Old Jimbo close. just rides a – he'll ride a horse now. He, he doesn't care. He'll ride a horse to, to the promised land when he's got nothing else working. I don't – but that said, I don't blame coaches in college. No, who, and I would have preferred him do that yeah, in a couple games when he's at Florida State. I know. I'd be like, come on, man. We got a guy. He's pretty good. I, uh, I mean, he did it with Dalvin a good bit in 15, but it's like, yikes. That's This kid's trying to have a career and make some money playing. No. I guess at A&M, you're making money anyway. Right? Yeah. Hey, hey, college football in general, you're right. making money. But 38 carries a lot for a college running back. Yeah, it's not as egregious as what you see with college baseball coaches rolling a pitcher out there for 157 pitches in the postseason in a regional. Like, my man, what are we doing out here? Trying to win a regional is what I'm trying to do, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, <That's> a- yeah. <laughs> that is the thing, though, with Jimbo. Like, he, th- those spots, like that spot in that LSU game was a, was a Jimbo spot. Like, where Jimbo, when you think they've got no chance in a game, that's when he usually was better yeah. than any oh, other Oh, he situation. would rise up to the occasion, yeah. and he was always good in the rivalry games. Uh, yeah. Really quickly, Nathan asks a question in the chat, and I would think the answer is most assuredly yes, is Clemson a side game? And he says, even if FSU is a favorite. Yes. We, we're not winning up there these days, Nathan. I don't know if you've noticed, but a whole lot of humbling moments. Up what there at Clemson. What would it take for them to be a favorite up there? Do, if Clemson loses to Duke? If Clemson just looks average against Duke and Florida State stomps LSU, it could be. Hmm. Yeah, Florida State's 3-0 and with three decisive wins. They've two lost, on the to, road. lost well, to them seven yeah. straight times. 
Oh, I'm tired yeah. of this ass kicking that we've been taking at Clemson. I mean, Clemson is approaching a platinum Bohica on the wrong. I never thought I'd be describing that coming Florida State's way. So this is yeah. not. Mm-mm. You jinxed it. This yes. is karma coming back. You. This you, can't uh, happen. It's vile. It's a disgusting term. <laughs> it's a gross you, acronym, and now it's coming back to bite no, you. No, it's in the not butt. because we're going to go win. Don't worry about it. Do you Let's think hope they, Clemson might get a, has twice two chances this year? Yeah. It is remarkable to think about where this program was three years ago to where Dabo Sweeney accused Florida State of trying to cancel the game because they were afraid of giving up 70 points. Right. And now you might be in a situation where three years later where Florida State might be favored. And then the question is, like, if Florida State does win that game convincingly, is that in the back of Norvell's mind at all? Oh, I'd run the hell out of it. I, I, I If I had a chance to beat them by 60, I'm doing it. <laughs> now, there's no chance that happens, by the way. Clemson's good. Um, despite this winning streak for Clemson, it's it's a mighty one. Florida State is still five games above five hundred against Clemson all time. Yeah, well, it used to be a lot. More. It used to be yeah, a yeah. lot more. Obviously, the longest above five hundred. Hey, the longest win streak was in fact a confirmed platinum Bohica plus from Florida State to Clemson, eleven straight from ninety two mm. to two thousand two, eleven straight ass stompings to Clemson. Mm. You should try to arrange like a a, a kind of a, drop a, bel- a belated order. trophy. By the way, just so you guys know, you did earn this. We, we <laughs> yeah, we we it was our mistake. Yeah, we mistakenly didn't present you your gift. Yeah, the current win streak for Clemson is they try to avenge and want to give the trophy back <laughs> is uh, is seven, as Ira pointed out, from twenty fifteen to current. Time. And it would have been eight if they'd have played in 2020. Would have been, Dabo but it didn't right, happen, they Corey. They would have scored 80. They would have if they wanted to, yeah. but they didn't. Hey, games aren't played on paper, guys. We'll <laughs> never know. Florida State, I thought, was peaking at the right time there for that Clemson game in 2020. In all honesty, Corey, I mean, that may have been what kept the streak alive for Clemson was that they didn't have to play right. on that yeah. fateful day. Yeah, Trevor would have been in trouble. For an upset. Hey, so Trev- I don't. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence and Etienne. I I don't think they you, wanted any part of that 2020 uh, FSU defense. Quick, quick note here though, because Corey, you're good with scores and numbers, so I'm going to give you this here, buddy. Can you name the scores if I give you the years? No. Let's try. I, you can. Tw- okay. What was the final score in 2015? This is the beginning of the losing streak to Clemson. I'm going to give you every one of these seven losses, everybody, because I no, want to fuel was, your revenge. It was closer than it should have been. Correct. It was, it was like uh, uh, 24-21, something like that. That's a great like guess. I, say 20 is, I thought it was a 10-point game. That's correct. Okay, but I didn't know. I can't remember the score. 23-13. Okay. Another really surprisingly close game, which we all recall, is in 2016, and yeah. that's a robbery. Oh. 35-31? No. 37-34. Not bad, Corey. Uh, then the then the ass kickings begin. Then then we fall off a cliff. Then the plane is crashed crashed into the side of the mountain. Here's where it all falls off a cliff. 2017, 31 to 14, Clemson could have been worse. 2018 in Tallahassee, 59 to 10. 59 I to that 10 will hurt your feelings. Hey, the end of one quarter, I felt good. It's like Knowles <laughs> yeah. were right there. Had him right where they wanted. Asante Samuel doesn't rough that right? kicker. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whole game's different. Yeah, whole game completely different. Lest we forget in 2019 when you thought things might be getting a little bit better. No, no, 45 to 14, not better at all. That was not only 45 14. It was 42 to nothing in the third quarter. That is correct. You remember that? Clemson, South Carolina. The corner starts to turn. Mike Norvell's got his team believing enough to fight and fight hard they're in it with a chance it's uh 30 to 20 they lose really that's a three-point game because of the stupid play at the end there right um but yes that's 30 to 20 in 2021 
2022, 34-28 last year. Ironically, I think the game at Clemson in 2021 was a lot closer than the, than the game was last year. I, and I, I've disagreed with you since that night, and yep. I will disagree with you until I'm buried, buddy. You I can. think Florida State was – I mean, there's like two or three plays in the Florida State game against Clemson last year. You and year I are going to sit down with a beer game. in our we hand should. together as friends, we and we are going to watch play-by-play yeah. so that we can go back and change yeah. your revisionist history and watch that <laughs> game from start to finish, and you'll well, see. Well, I mean, that. I think the – the obvious point would be that Florida State led that game with two or three minutes to go uh, before Shipley hits the top, before the final drive that's aided by, a, I think, a pass interference. And then Shipley no, no, we're talking about, no, you're talking about the wrong game. We're talking about last year. We're talking about last year. I, I know, but you said last year was closer than the year before. No, I said the year before, Florida State in 2021, that game was closer than last year's right. 34 to So 20. I'm agreeing with you. That game in 2021 came down to the final yeah, three minutes. Yeah, Clemson but, was up by 20 points in the fourth that's quarter. That's My point is, year. yeah, but my point is that game, we're comparing the, weeds, the teams, boys, if you look, my point is yeah. if you took those two teams and played 10 times, like we're going back to 2013 <laughs> with Dabo, Dabo if they yeah. played 10 times, last year's Florida State team would have put up a better fight in those 10 games than the team the year before. The Lawrence Tofili play is a crazy fluke play. It is, but the defense played Jermaine really well Johnson, in that game. Jermaine Johnson's play is a crazy – I mean, it's uh, they made the plays. Well, he earned that play. He, he, he was did, dominant. He was dominant that But day. those don't just happen is all I'm and, saying. Like, well, in the quarter – Clemson's quarterback was awful in right. that game at 21. In 2022, he was pretty he was, good. He was way better than he played all season. Yep. Like So, yep. to me, I just felt like the, last year's game did not represent the difference in the two teams. Well, the interesting thing is that I think we can say – and this bothered all of us – I said going into that game, if this kid plays well at quarterback, we got a problem with his defense. And he did play great. And, and but he he had not shown signs of it, and then he subsequently did not, and he lost yes. his job and had a transfer. Well, that says something about your defense. That no, sorry man, ass, he, that no. sorry ass. Dude, he made throws up. in that game that he didn't make in the other game when well, guys were wide ass open. Because our defense he picked one day year. to play decently. Okay, so he got lucky. Yes. No, sir. He did. He guys sucked. He wanted Usually, to in that I'm game. in the middle of Corey. this nonsense, yelling at Jeff. I like being an official because what happens is Jeff goes from trying to prove a point to saying that's why the defense sucked last year. <laughs> and you know the defense didn't suck last year. It did not. But you oh, it no, it did not suck. I mean, they're man. a top 20 defense, so what would you do? What are all the teams that are all 25 right. to 100? Okay, so suck what would is you, a, Suck is okay, too strong. They, they, they all played great yeah. offenses all 12 games. Florida State's the only one that, night. that played I'll, some bad I'll offenses. I'll give you that. You're not going to sit here and tell me that when they played good offenses, they performed well. Because they didn't. They didn't. Right. But he's but not a good quarterback. Is, is too strong. No, he's not a suck, good quarterback, Ira. And he lit that defense but, up. But my point is, he that's a one-time deal. Like, he didn't do it against other bad defenses. My, he sucked. Okay. In That's why he's not We're there anymore. different discussions. If a defense like the one I'm describing routinely makes bad quarterbacks look good or good they offenses routine, light you up. No, they played other bad defenses okay. that scored nothing. If, bad offenses, if, bad offense. quarterbacks. So if if good offenses score however much they – AR was this and that, this and that, he could have done anything he wanted with one receiver. He just was the number defense. one pick in the draft. You thought he sucked and so I did do, I. do, but well, he's not It's not, so, he's not so athletic or talented. So it's to make the argument with the draft spot. No, but man. But what I'm telling you is you watched him with one receiver light okay. up this defense. I'm making the point that this defense has got to get worlds better. I think it will. All of last year when they played a quarterback who played well on a night, any given night, they got they got destroyed. Like most defenses no, do. Yeah, no. man. And what I'm saying is a bad defense gives up 30, 25 points against bad offenses. They did not. They beat the crap out of bad offenses. They, they that played. makes them better than bad. Okay. Right? Well, yeah, Corey. They, they didn't suck. They didn't I, suck. Again, I agree with you official, on that. I, I agree. I don't, I don't quite – I'm the referee – 
I don't quite understand what the argument is about. Ira, you're allowed to admit that that Florida State defense did not play good against Clemson. They made it easier for than that than that it should have been for that kid. He had a lot of open people to throw to, which normally he maybe didn't. He also, made, no, he, he made some, advantage. but he also made some really good throws. Absolutely, and, and Ar was a ridiculous runner and but made great throws. I don't think happened. bad defenses make quarterbacks well, hit, we're, pat, we're losing, hit tight windows. We're losing sight of something. I think we've lost here. grasp yeah, of the yeah, yeah. point of the show. We're, well, we're also mixing and matching arguments. Yes, I mean, which is always what happens. In the middle of camp, Because you say something dumb, high. like, it, it, that's why the defense sucked all year. And then Ira gets mad and says something not smart either, and then I'm sitting that's here never waiting to talk about Destin Hill. Or Johnny Wilson's hands. Well, Whatever. T- talk about Johnny Wilson's hands. Not great, <laughs> but... He's still a very good college football receiver. Right. So what ends up happening is that we make points where he's right and I'm right and you're right, but somebody's more right, we think, than the other, and then we go back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> it <laughs> doesn't this matter. How, and this is how it goes. And it doesn't matter. Because what's really going to happen this year is that they will be good. And if they're not, it'll be very easy to say Adam Ford's got to be fired. Here's my question. Okay. So do we think Jaden Daniels is a good quarterback as a passer? No. No. Now, if they go out there and Fentrell Cypress has good coverage – and he hits a perfect throw. Does that make it a bad defense? No. Or the, the kid just getting... had a big throw. There are players. There are guys. I've you seen guys you, you, come you... into the Civic Center that are like twenty five percent three point right. shooters yeah. who go eight out of twelve. That doesn't mean always that the defense is bad. That dude just had a night. Yeah, but if there's a through line of poor performances repeatedly by that defense, it's not surprising that an average player had a good night against but a bad defense. He, what did what did AR do in the second half? He hit some wide open guys in the first half. Oh yes, but with Florida, but why were they wide open? Because there were breakdowns and coverage. Because this defense routinely had those problems. Uh, that's not true. No, they, they did. Were, look, statistically, they gave up less big plays we, we, passing we, than most teams in the country. Yeah, they kept things in front because they knew they weren't good. What I'm telling they were you, number four in the country in passing yards allowed. Yeah, nice score. yeah. Oh. No, uh, like you know, top five in the country in pass defense. Do we want to, do we want to bring up every metric we can? Because I have several that will make my point. Well, too. I guess to Ira's point, I wouldn't say DJ Ungagale is any better than Louis Ungagale. Say his name. Say his name. I don't know. Say his name. Say his name. Corey. No, Oregon State. You're He's not, not going to disrespect the Syracuse quarterback. DJ. And the Syracuse quarterback did nothing against Florida State. Mm-hmm. So you could make two points. There. Number one, yeah, DJ had a really good night, or the Florida State defense played better. Like, you can't sit there and say, Ira, that the Florida State defense was in great coverage all I night did, against Clemson. I'm not there saying were guys they were. Open. I'm not well, saying yeah, they were. I think, I think you argue to a point where it sounds like, uh, you know, I, what can you do? The guy's just a great no. – you just made some great throws. They weren't all Pat Mahomes' throws. They were. It was, it was easier for him early than it should have been, which got him confidence yeah. that he didn't have all year. That that was a problem. But at the same time, you can't look at the whole entirety of the team, the season. Well, what we should be doing is looking ahead that, that to Florida how much State's better they're going to be this bad. year. Because I think the biggest problem Florida State had and why they were fearful in certain situations was that, unfortunately, that defensive line was banged up. So they knew they could be run on. Yeah. And and so you have. Right. I, I don't think that'll happen this year. I think they'll stop the run, which will put teams in obvious down and distance. Uh, there'll be a negative leverage because it's going to be third and long and second and long. And then we'll see if they can make some plays because they have to. We would all agree on this. They now have the personnel. If they're not good this year, then we have to have a serious conversation about Adam. Oh, for sure. And There's I, just, just no and way I think to... that secondary is going to be, even though they lost their best player out of that secondary, I think overall the secondary will be better than that. it was last yep. year. And I think they have more playmakers in that secondary than I they had too. last year. And if you're just throwing the ball up for grabs, which should happen a lot with Verse and Peyton coming off the edge, you're going to have, what they have, eight picks last year, six yes. interceptions, something ridiculous. Eight. 
they should have twice as many at least. I mean, I think they're going to make some plays in that secondary. There's no question. And so we'll agree going into this season, no matter our disagreements about last year's defense, that they have playmakers in a lot of key spots all over the field, and they're healthy up front. Now we'll see. You know, Obviously, the season plays out. Guys get hurt. Let's hope they don't. But they should be able to stop the run better. And if you stop the run better, you got opportunities to get after the quarterback. And you're going to be getting after the quarterback with a first-round draft pick in Jared Verse and an all-ACC yeah. defensive end. And then I think Gilbert Edmonds is going to have a good year. So I think they've got three guys that can really rush the passer. I think you've got guys you can move inside and out in Braden Fisk and Dennis Briggs. There's I was going really to say, no don't reason. forget the high motor. Yeah. You got, you're going to have an engine. you got an engine this year that you didn't quite have on that defensive line last year. Seminole Headlines, 93.3 Real Talk Radio War Chant TV continues in a moment. Seminal Headlines returns now. Head to YouTube and search for War Chant TV today to catch the show live or on demand. Now, here's Jeff Cameron, Ira Chofel, and Corey Clark. Yeah, the defense will be better this year. We all we got through it during the break, guys. We're kumbaya. Everything's good. We all agree the defense nobody, will be a lot Nobody better. said anything to me during the break. <laughs> sitting up here in my, in my house in Atlanta. Well, you were just contemplating the many facets of the arguments. I was, I was. I was really good. I, I was cool that we were transported back to October of last year. That was neat. It's also good. It's the first time that one of us isn't vehemently arguing with you. It's always well, with yeah, you. that's true too. I like being the uh, I like being a, uh, the breakdown guy. And unlike Ira, I will still participate if I'm not involved in the argument. So I try I tried to be the I tried to be the peacemaker. Uh, tried to be the peacemaker. Somewhere in there, we had a question, and I've got to find it. But I do know this one thing that I talked about when we did our write up with the article that's going to be on Warchant.com. And I I don't know if you guys agree. I think you do. Uh, there's no doubt. There's a different mentality and aggression in the secondary because of Patrick Sertan. Right, I agree. Uh, there's no doubt that guy has changed the way they think about playing defensive football, the way they roam the secondary, and I know he calls his own eyes and all that. They are so much more aggressive to the ball. And what I got mad at last year when I started ripping Woodson was that you would see guys stand in an area if we tried right. to play zone, and they never thought to attack the ball. Well, and that's been going on now oh, for several years. It it's was, it was so a, frustrating. It was a hallmark of the Arlen Barnett defense as well, it and it's unreal. like. We're in a zone, so I'm going to stay right here. It's like when I was like when Alexa and her girls' basketball teams, when they were like 12 years old, and they'd be in a zone, and somebody else is running free to the basket. It's like, oh no, you have to move to get in front of that player wherever the threat is. The fluidity of the game requires (laughs) you to actually move. It's not in theory; you're playing the game now. Yeah, no, I agree. And so it looks like they've gotten better. We saw some signs of it getting better last year. You know, Greedy Vance had a couple plays mm-hmm. where you saw him, you know guys coming off of their zone and, and making plays, but you've seen it a lot more recently. Almost from day one. Like, when we went right. out there, and obviously I've kind of been keenly watching that because I was an advocate for getting rid of Woodson, but I, I, I wanted to see what Sertan would bring. I didn't know anything about him other than his playing career. Obviously, I never watched him coach high school football, so I, I didn't know. I knew of his accomplishments. But I wanted to see, was there anything appreciably different or noticeably different? And, yeah, I think from, like, the first time they put on pads, you could t- even without pads, you're like, oh, man. They made everything difficult. That's one of my favorite parts about camp is that the competition that we expected to happen has been real. I also think, isn't it good, like, when you have some guys making those plays, it becomes contagious. Right. It's like guys realize, oh, we can do that. And you brought right. in some guys that will go get the ball. Uh, even though I really like the young guys. Uh, but Quindarius Jones is a freshman. We don't uh, talk about him a lot. Yeah, he's a good player. I don't know how much he's gonna play because they're you know, they're they're good and experienced at corner. But but he's a guy that you don't have to tell him to go get the ball. He's gonna go get the ball. No, I agree with that. 
and they have, uh, you know, Fuller mentioned it after the scrimmage that uh, he said they had 200 snaps last year where they played either six or seven DBs. I don't remember a lot of seven DB looks. They but did some, I'm sure yeah. they had a few. Um, well, they have enough guys. I mean, you think about the experience they have with Renardo Green. And let's just say the starters are Green, Cypress, Brown, and Dent. They've all played football. Shaheem's the only new starter there. But it, you also have Jarian Jones, Greedy Vance, Azaria Thomas thrown into the mix. And Kevin Knowles. Right. That's eight dudes that have played a whole bunch of football, and we like the freshmen. They're probably, like Iris said, they won't play a lot early. They might not play at all this year because there's eight DB. We talk about the offensive linemen all the time and those eight guys. Well, you've got a rotation of eight DBs that have proven they can play at this level and make plays. And that's just a, again, it's a luxury to have. And I think there's a chance Azaria has taken a real step. He definitely I don't know if he's going to start. But I think he has taken a real step and is going to play a ton of football. He's Other than Renardo Green, who's just Mr. Solid every day, I think Azaria has been the best guy in the secondary. He's had, yeah, August. he's been really, really consistently good. I also think, by the way, you mentioned him. Kevin Knowles is going to have a good year. I'm happy for him. I really kind of given up on him, uh, which I alluded to at the start of the show when we were talking about guys that we underrated. I, just, I, I guess I underestimated that he was trying to play through injury, probably mm-hmm. lost some confidence yeah. along the way. And then he was out of position. There were a lot of things wrong with the way he played last year. It was disappointing because he was so good when right. we first saw him. So he's put on weight. He's stronger. He's playing more aggressively. That speaks to confidence. I think he'll play well. And they, a lot of the young guys, and I brought this up, you have too, you just don't know when they'll try to get him in games because they are so young and they play two really good teams in their first four. But I'm going to guess in the back end of this schedule, you see a ton of the young guys. Right. ton of them. Because they're going to be in situations where they're blowing teams out. Well, and the thing is, I think when you look at a, like Conrad Hussey, Edwin Joseph, um, some of those guys, Quindarius Jones, K.J. Kirkland, and uh, our guy Ashlyn Barker. Yeah, well, I really love him. like love him. him a lot. Love him. Yeah. You know, the thing about DBs is they can – maybe you don't want them out there as true freshmen, but you don't have a big problem putting them out there next year. Sure. And you're going to be losing a lot of these older guys, several of these older guys. And so, yeah, man, I think they're going to get them on the field a lot. I think you're going to see them on the field a ton in special teams. And those are special dudes, man. They're, they've got – those aren't, again, like a couple years ago, you just felt like you had a lot of smaller DBs that had to play big. Well, these are bigger dudes. Um, I mean, especially Quindarius, K.J. Kirkland, and those guys, they've got length. Ashlyn Barker rangy. has been really yeah. rangy. Yeah, I, yeah, I like a, Barker. I, I like, like him a lot, a man. And I yeah. that first day, I kept telling myself, "What are you? Why are you so excited about watching this Ashlyn Barker kid?" Because I didn't have any expectations for him. And then the next day, I thought he was good. And then the next week, I thought he was good. I'm like, well, at some point, I'm just going to say this kid's really good. I, mean, I know that we love Kirkland, which we should. And I just got done talking about Knowles, and we all know Shaheen Brown's going to be the starter and all that. But I mean, you start looking around, you're like, man, Ashlyn Barker looks like he could play. Yeah. Conrad Hussey's a freshman. He looks like he could really play. There's a lot of guys that you would want to see get out there. Quindarius, who you just mentioned, and yes, Corey, I think you're absolutely spot on when you say Azaria Thomas has been awesome. Yeah, you know, the one question I have after watching three weeks of practice, though, is I have not seen, you know, and it's hard for me to judge. I'm not a defensive coordinator. I'm not watching the all-22s. I haven't seen great special play out of the safeties. Uh, they haven't made a lot of picks. They haven't made – but, again, it's, you know, it's – it's hard to judge. They're not on the field a ton because of the way they rotate in the, the first string, second string, third string. But, you know, I would have liked maybe – I knew, I know Shaheem made a couple last week, but I'd, I'd like to see a little more out of that, honestly. Because Shaheem, remember, two years ago was picking off a pass every practice. Yeah. Uh, haven't seen a ton of that yet, but he's also 
you know, quite frankly, he's going against a quarterback that doesn't throw a lot of interceptions. <laughs> that's what I, and that's two what, years ago, he was not. That's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, yeah. a lot of those interceptions were against Tate when Tate was a, yeah. a redshirt freshman or sophomore, um, or maybe Chuba. Um, or Milton. Chuba. Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, you know, I think the thing, but no, I think that's the really the real story. There was a day, was it last week or the week before, where Jordan actually threw two picks. That was like earth shattering. Like he never throws picks, right? Um, so you don't see a lot of it. Um, but yeah, man, you know, I, I, Adam Fuller made the comment in the spring that he thought Shaheen Brown could be one of the top defensive backs in the country. We haven't seen that. Um, I don't, yeah. you know, and I like Shaheen a lot, but we haven't seen that out of him. Well, when he has two picks. And a touchdown right. against LSU and part of that huge blowout that we're predicting right. today, then, then you know, there it is. It changes everything moving forward from there, I hope. Those LSU fans will never forget the name Shaheen Brown. I'm tired of this son of a bitch blocking extra points, picking off passes, this guy. you I mean, man, I will say this. They're going to think he's Sean Taylor. The, <laughs> the corners, you should feel decent about the corners and man coverage, though, against LSU's receivers. I mean, LSU neighbors is a nice, really good receiver. Really good player. But you're going up against really good receivers. I mean, oh, every day. And not getting embarrassed. Well, Corey, go ahead and say it as we go to break. Uh, what is the iron thing? Oh, guys, I, in fact, Maurice Smith said it uh, a couple of times last week. He said he, he started to say it, too. He said iron sharpens iron. And they actually say iron on iron, oh, which I don't like. Yeah, I, mean, I don't my, like it either. I've, I've copywritten sharpening. I, I have the verb sharpening, sharpens in there. So I don't like that they're you know, misusing it a little bit, but the sentiment remains iron on iron makes, I guess, iron stronger. I think what is we need what sharper, does? sharper. It makes iron sharper. Okay. <laughs> Our number right. two, Whatever it does. Our number two forthcoming egg in there, kids. We'll get to your questions in a minute.